Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. everyone, it's Dr. Liz here, and this week is a special episode because I have a couple of guests joining me, actually. I have Nicole Burgess, who is an expert in teens and working with um, parents of teens, okay, particularly mothers of teens, actually, highly sensitive people, but she's worked with teens for a really long time. She has a private practice in Indiana, and I also have Mr. Stacy Manning. Hello. That's my husband. You've heard him on the podcast before. And he thought it would be an interesting concept to actually do a whole podcast where like the the doc, quote unquote, Dr. Liz, answers questions from her perspective. And then he answers questions from more like a layman perspective. You don't have a doctorate. You're not Dr. Manny. No. No, No, I am not. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not up for doing a whole other podcast. I love mine. And it's it's hard to run like more than one at a time, I think. So I was like, why don't we do an episode where we answer some questions with the two perspectives. And I'll also have another expert on. So that's what we're doing today. And I know coming up is about the time that kids want to drop out of whatever sport or activity they've signed up for. So that's why this is airing today, and that's one of the main questions we answer here, as well as others. But we'll just get started with that one. What, what do you think? I think that'd be fine. Start out with that one, yeah. Okay. So here's the question. Hi, Dr. Liz. I wondered if you have any resources or podcasts advising on children and commitment. I find myself exposing my kids to different activities. After a couple of weeks, like not a full season worth of time, they throw in the towel. I start to hear, I don't want to go. How many of us have heard that, by the way? I know I have. So I encourage them to finish what they started. Now they say they don't want to do things because they don't want to have to keep doing it. I see other kids and families involved and committed, and I question my parenting. Am I not being strong enough? It is super frustrating every practice or event to be the only one who is trying. All right. Now, Stacy has a daughter who's how old? 32. 32. Okay. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I have a 14-year-old and then I have an 18-year-old. The 18-year-old is off in her first year in college in Florence, Italy. But these kids did plenty of activities when they were smaller. And I want to say, first off, like I totally sympathize with the mom who asked this question because I heard this a million times too. I don't want to go. I don't like it anymore. Did you hear this from your daughter? Not really. I mean, whenever my daughter was uh, in school, we left it up to her to come to us with something that she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. 
and she wasn't into extracurricular activities. And when we would mention, you know, well, hey, would you want to do this or would you want to do that or would you want to do this? You know, if she didn't want to, then we didn't force it. But if she came to us mm-hmm. saying, hey, I want to do this, then we would support her in what she wanted to do. And one was, uh, I think, piano. She, you know, she wanted to learn how to play piano. So mm-hmm. she did that for a little while. Mm-hmm. But she came to us with it. And, okay. But once she made the decision to be in, this, in a certain activity, then we made her commit to it because she was the one that said she wanted to be there. Uh-huh. And we're offering our support to her to support what she's wanting to do. The least that she could do is follow through. Okay. So I didn't force my kids to do activities either. Right. You know, it's only as something they're interested in. Right. But I still heard it. You know, they try it out and then they'd be like, I don't like this. I mean, the exception to that was piano lessons mm-hmm. because I had 12 years of forced piano lessons growing up. Mm -hmm. So I decided I would not do that to my children. But at Mm -hmm. one point, the red-haired teen wanted to take piano lessons. And so I said, that's fine. But you have to commit to a year of piano lessons. Like, I don't want to hear a peep out of you about quitting because I know that it takes a while to get to a level of, even a basic level of proficiency to where it's fun. In the beginning, it's not that fun. But what if you've signed up for like a whole season of something? Well, that's where it gets a little bit more tricky. It gets a little bit trickier and you you have to sit there and there's some questions as to whether, I mean, is it costing any money to sign up? Yes. Is it costing any money per session, per no, practice? No, let's say it's a season. If some If a kid comes to you and says, hey, I want to play baseball or basketball or whatever, you know, if there's going to be a significant amount of money put into it, or even if it's just a small amount of money, you know, you have to have a conversation with, with this kid and say, hey, look, you're wanting to do this. It's going to cost this amount. If we're going to do this, you're going to have to commit and have them make the commitment with you. You know, you're you're committing to support them, mm-hmm. but they have to commit back. Okay. So that's your opinion. That's my opinion. So... I'm of the same opinion. Like, I made my kids finish the season, okay. basically. Except for, no, there's one time Mia signed up for ballet, and she just had such bad blisters, no matter if they put her in well-worn shoes or whatever. She just had these tiny little sensitive feet, and she was a little bitty. Yeah. You know, she wasn't 12. She was... Yeah, she's not that big. She was three or something. She's 18, and she's still tiny. Yeah, she has tiny feet. Yes. <laughs> Right, we make fun of her all the time. I mean, in a lovingly way. <laughs> her little bitty hands. She has little bitty hands and little bitty feet. Yeah, she can yeah. still wear like child shoes, child size shoes. I told her she'd be the perfect mechanic because she can get her hand down in all the crevices. Totally, and, totally. Yeah, Although, yeah. you know, she's not mechanically minded. No, she is not. <laughs> no, but she is not. Anyway, at that point, I stopped the lessons because I wasn't going to make her essentially be in pain the whole time. Right. Well, that would be an exception to the to the deal. I mean, you know, you, you if a child wants to do something and you agree to make the commitment to support her, the, the child agrees to make the commitment to, to see it through to the end. If that activity becomes harmful in some way or painful in some way, then, yeah, that's a very yeah. understandable and 
relative, you know, a valid reason for for those activities to come to an end. Okay. okay. So now let's hear from our expert. Okay. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Hey, Elizabeth. I'm great. How are you? Good. So I'm happy to have you on as I know you're an expert in teen and adolescent and um, child as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So I get questions come in to the podcast and I always like to get a different perspective because it's just really nice. You know, I used to work with, with children and teens and families that used to be my specialty, but mm-hmm. I really haven't for, um, I don't know, over 10 years or so I've been concentrating on adults. So mm-hmm. here's the question. All right. I find myself exposing my kids to different activities after a couple of weeks, like not a full season worth of time, they throw in the towel. I start to hear, I don't want to go. So I, <laughs> right? How many of us have heard that? Right? Yep. <laughs> so I encourage them to finish what they started. Now they say that they don't want to do things because they don't want to have to keep at it. I see other kids and families involved and committed, and I question my parenting. Am I not being strong enough? It is super frustrating every practice or event to be the only one who is trying. So that's where I'm concerned. So first I'd like to just applaud the parent who reached out and asked that question. Cause I think the biggest thing that I hear with so many of my parents, they're very hard on themselves and they do the jumping the fence and comparing themselves to other families. So it's like you do your family first and foremost. That's one thing I would say. If your kid is unsure of whether, let's say it's a a sport or a specific um, club that they think they may want to join, like let's say they want to learn Japanese or they want to learn French or they want to play baseball. No, I want to do basketball. Maybe you actually attend something like you just, you all go and sit and watch. And then maybe you talk to the teacher or the coach after that game or that club and say, what are some of the expectations if my teen would want to join or if my child would want to join? Get some information before you truly make that commitment and see where that child's like, yeah, I can totally do this and this is great. And it's like, well, remember, that's going to take X amount of hours per week. And with your class schedule, with your homework schedule, let's look at that to see if that still fits for you. Because I think that's the other thing. Sometimes kids can forget how much time they truly have Mm -hmm. and they need to balance that. And the other thing is to remember that if you see a pattern with your kid of they, they try, but they get overwhelmed fairly quickly, you may need to put the boundaries on for them. And say, maybe mm-hmm. not this season, but next season. Mm-hmm. Here's why I say that. And then, you know, get their feedback as well. Because sometimes, again, you can, I know I can get extremely excited about something and I could overcommit. And it's like, oh my gosh, what did I just get myself into yeah. as an adult? <laughs> yeah, true. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's looking at, you know, your kiddo fairly well, whether they're younger than a teen or adolescent, whatever. And if they have a pattern of, Overcommitting or getting excited for a couple of weeks and stopping, talk about that with them first and foremost. And then say, well, maybe we can, um, you know, play a couple games over here with, I don't know, like a rec sport type of thing or with a local church or a community mm-hmm. event where you do that maybe it's a couple times a month versus multiple times a week. And most sports anymore, I mean, it's like every day you yeah. practice and that's yeah. so different. I tell my families all the time. I'm like, 10 years ago, 
that was not the case. That's but it true. is now. Yeah, it's true. We used to do, I don't know, I think I did soccer practice mm-hmm. once or twice a week, maybe. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it had yep. to be at least once. <laughs> right. right. For the game, right. But yeah. it was not every day. Absolutely. No. Or four times a week or whatever it is. You're right. Yeah. And so it's also as a parent looking at like, do I want to do this? If you're still carting your kid all over the place or doing carpool, it's a big commitment on you as well. Yes. And so sometimes parents be like, well, my kid wants to do baseball and they want to do basketball and they want to do volleyball and they want to do ballet and they want to do dance. It's like pick one thing per season mm-hmm. because you want to make sure your kid actually has downtime, unscheduled time. And that's going to be how they rejuvenate. And the parent themselves also needs to do that too. If your kid has a tendency to quit often in many areas of life, not just in this one area that they're, they're trying to try out for or do, then that's a different issue. And it's being able to explore, do they, again, just not have the confidence in themselves yet that they haven't mastered a specific skill? And then you're working on that skill versus trying to add multiple things to it where they're going to give up again and then beat themselves up more. Mm, okay. I got the same advice from a much older parent, an older mom. When I had kids, she said, pick one activity. Yeah. Don't, don't overload them. And she was no. a teacher as well. Yeah. So she knew, you know, they've got to do homework and they've got to do this and all of that stuff. And they need downtime. And they need di- downtime. Absolutely. Yeah. So what if they do want to quit in the middle of a season? Do you say, okay, or do you make them finish the season? Like what I think it depends be? upon the kid. Okay. If they really underestimated themselves and how much time it would be and that they're like really struggling with school or something else that is really kind of more, they're more passionate about, I'd say, forget it, be done. Talk to the coach, talk to whoever you need to just own up to it, make them be accountable for that decision. Mm-hmm. If, if your child has a tendency to just give up fairly easy, then I'd be like, yeah, uh-uh. you're part of the team. You made this commitment. We're going to see this through and here's why. Mm, and yeah. really go through like looking at their values and what's important to them and say, this is, you know, we don't just give up because it's hard. We learn from it. We ask for help they can really, you know, the fail forward concept, if they're thinking they're not being able to manage it, you know, fall forward in that, fail forward in that, because remember, failure is an event, not a person. And Mm -hmm. we learn from our failures. We learn from our mistakes. We learn from like, wow, this was a lot harder than I anticipated. It's like, great. So what are we learning about this? Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. Question is from someone who has a grown up child. Okay. And she asked me, like, what do I do? My grown-up child doesn't call me enough. So I thought you would actually be a a better person to answer this than me because I have a grown-up child, but, you know, freshman year, they're not quite grown-up yet, really. My my daughter's 32 years old. (laughs) Right. My daughter is definitely grown-up. Yeah. Yeah. And she calls me all the time. And sometimes I'm like, why is she calling me so much, you know? (laughs) So. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say about that? I have a unique relationship with my daughter and the fact that we don't talk every day. We don't talk every week. We don't even talk every month. There are weeks that we will go without talking to each other. And I have had a wide range of opinions Mm -hmm. about that. 
And people say, well, you need to talk to your daughter every week. No, I really don't. Well, she needs to call her father more often. No, she really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, well, why not? Well, because we know that we love each other. She mm-hmm. knows that I love her unconditionally. I know that she loves me. And we both know that if we need to talk to each other, if she has something that she wants to talk to me about, if she has a question, or if she just wants to call just to blow off steam, mm-hmm. she can call anytime she wants. Vice versa, if I've got something I want to talk to her about, I can call her anytime I want. You're saying from your, for your relationship, mm-hmm. it's more like relationship-based versus like principle. Like the principle of you must call your dad every week or you must call your daughter every week. To me, it sounds like a principle sometimes. And I know working with a lot of adults who feel pressure sometimes um, to have contact with their parent when they don't want it. You know, like I'm a specialist in in grown-ups of narcissistic parents. And I've worked with those types of clients for a long time. Right. Right? And it's often this principle that's going on in the parent like you should call me this number of times or this often, or you should do this, or you should want to talk to me, which then the, the grown up child often feels the opposite, right? Like they feel okay. like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to call you. Like I should call you when I want to call you. Right. So you're saying that's how it's operating in your relationship. Yeah. You're in Kathy's. Because I realized early on that. She may not want to talk to me as much as she did whenever she was living at home Mm -hmm. or right after she left home. Mm -hmm. You know, she's got a life now. She's got a family of her own. She's got a husband. She's got kids. Mm -hmm. She's got a dog. She's got a rabbit. She's got birds. She's got, (laughs) you know, all she's got. Does she have a rabbit? Yes. They got got a rabbit? They've got a rabbit. Oh, man. You know, and so, you know, she has a life. Did you know I have a rabbit? When I was a teenager? I did not know that, no. I yeah, know that. a little mini lobbyard. Okay. That thing pooped everywhere. <laughs> like, when I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. <laughs> we eventually ended up moving it into my mom's bathroom, and actually my mom took care of it, you know? Right, like, then. Kudos to my mom for that. Yeah. <laughs> she took care of the Yeah. Rabbit. <laughs> kudos <laughs> yeah. to her. It was after my dad dies. Shortly after, and I think the friend who gave it to me was trying to, like, you know, comfort me and somehow. But, no, this was a disaster pet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and getting back to my point, she's got her own life. She's got a lot of stuff that she's, you know, that she has to do and has to take care of. And for her to have to take out 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever to call her old man and say hi every Mm -hmm. week. You know, it, it's just an unnecessary phone call. Mm-hmm. It, it, so what would you tell this um, person who wrote in? If she feels like her daughter is not calling her enough, mm-hmm. then she needs to take a step back and figure out why she has those feelings. What's the underlying reason mm-hmm. for her having those feelings? Is it separation anxiety because is it her only child and now she's empty nesting? Is she married? Is she single? Does she not have a relationship with 
anybody in her family or is it with everybody in her family? She's the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many variables. It's, it's hard to answer that question. But you're saying you'd recommend that she take a step back and look at her own life. How full is her life and why does she have this need as well as look at, is there something I'm doing that my daughter doesn't want to call me as much as I want her to? So both. A different perspective was that I, at one point, was the daughter in this situation. Right. So my mom would call me and leave me voicemails. Yeah. I just need to know you're alive. You know, I haven't heard from you. Like, yeah. And they were so <laughs> annoying. And I didn't want to call my mom because all she would do is talk about herself the whole time because she was narcissistic, right? She was like, that's all she would do. She wasn't truly calling to even really ask about how I was. Right. So I would avoid it as long as I could before this pressure built up and finally I would like make the call. And in my practice these days, when the situation arises, I actually recommend that someone make a scheduled call. Like, all right, I'm going to call my mom um, once a week on Mondays when I'm headed somewhere and I'm only going to be on the phone five minutes because then I'm going to be like, well, I'm home now. I got to go in and take care of the kids, (laughs) you know, something like that. If they have a toxic parent. Yeah. I mean, if they don't have a toxic parent, it's a different situation. Well, okay. so And I don't know if this person is a toxic parent or not. I really don't. Lots of variables we don't know. Yes. All right, so are you ready to hear what our expert says? Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. Not that I'm not an expert. <laughs> the other expert. All right. The other. <laughs> Let's hear from both experts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear do you want to hear what the other expert Nicole says about this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. I have a lot of listeners with grown-up children, mm-hmm. and one of them asked, my grown-up child doesn't call me enough. Hmm. <laughs> I hear the sadness in that one. Mm-hmm. I know, right? What would you say to that? First, I would just honor where that parent is, that they dismiss their kid, even though they're an adult, that they miss that relationship that they had. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage them to share their feelings with that adult child that they have to saying, I miss our conversations. And I know it's different now because it's more of a peer to peer relationship than it is parent to child and honor that. And if your adult child doesn't want to have as much conversation with you again, it's like, they've got their own life to lead as well. Mm-hmm. And they're not responsible for your emotions or your hurts. Right. And it's like, just let them know that though, because they can't do anything different and they may not even do anything different. Even if you tell them what's going Mm -hmm. on, it's still not their responsibility. It's just more like, wow, thank you for letting me know. Or like, wow, I didn't even know you felt that way. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. They can make a decision from that place. So I hope you got some benefit from hearing the answers to those two questions. Originally, we recorded a couple more, but when I went back over them, I felt like these two were the most important. And so they were the two that I would air. So if you have any questions that you'd like to submit, please email me. I think it's really fun to answer questions and 
get different people's perspective. So I really enjoyed doing this episode. You can email me at drliz, D-R-L-I-Z, at drlizhypnosis.com. All right, have a wonderful week. Peace. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.